0: Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 8, Episode 4, titled The Last of the Starks. Uh, we're doing the spoiler cast today, so it's all about the books. Aron,
1: what do we got? Uh, is it all about the books now, yeah. Jim? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know... I, I, I have a mind to turn this into a, a therapy session, because I feel like there's a lot of people breathing into a lot of uh, paper bags... and and hypervent and latent um and uh, we're going to talk about that uh but i thought we could we could uh, talk about some other stuff um okay first off i want to give out a general warning that it's my understanding there are a lot of leaks out there Mm. from the next two episodes um there is a lot of people i think uh and and full disclosure we're not going to discuss any of that stuff on the podcast. Uh, I also have not seen these leaks because uh, Cecily has been going through and pre-screening my feedback and removing anything that because she's 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 delved in and swam in the river of spoiler filth. So uh, she's she's uh, she's suffered for our spoiler sins. Uh, so she's acting as my 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 filter for that. Um, but it's my understanding from her and and talking to some other people in in the Game of Thrones community and just like being you know seeing people talk about it, that there is a lot of stuff that seems like they're credible. I, I think people thought that they were just be, being made up, but then I guess a lot of this the leaks for this last episode, last of the Starks, turned out to be like right on. Like people mm, were talking yeah. about Gal getting shot down. People were talking about Danny uh, Missandy being killed, turning Danny into. You know, or or pushing Danny towards the Mad Queen path. So uh, it seems like these leaks are not credible and uh, people need to be on your toes out there. Uh, I think there's a lot of communities that do a very good job of keeping this stuff uh, lid clamped down like the R slash A-S-I-O-A-F and R slash Game of Thrones. But even then, I try to stay on threads that have been around for at least an hour I tried to set. I forget to set. There's like a top comment where you. It will only show you the like the 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 most top rated comments because like the best setting is a blended of like recency and also top voted and sometimes that can burn you and you'll see a spoiler. So like just 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 be real careful. And if you're super super paranoid, unfortunately you're gonna have to stick to podcasts like uh, that that do a really good job of sanitizing spoilers themselves. So I think we're one of those. Yeah, I think so. um, Anyway, uh, there's a lot of leaks out there. Uh, Jimmy G actually had an interesting take on leaks uh, that I wanted to read. Um, Not just leaks, but also like the the Starbucks coffee cup. Uh, She says, I work for a big entertainment company, and I know firsthand how paranoid the business is about leaks. As a result, some of her most important announcements are made with very few people having any visibility to the materials being generated, even those who have had considerable expertise that could offer to improve these materials. Ultimately, an unfeasibly small group of people end up having total control over the final product, for better or worse. I'm sure that the paranoia around the final product... um, I'm sure the final... Wow, I just blended two sentences together. (laughs) I'm sure that the paranoia around a huge property like Game of Thrones would be a hundred times more intense. There would be huge and complex disclosure processes, meaning that this final season, maybe they couldn't even uh, just rope in extra historical consultants or have focus groups uh, ensure that they weren't fucking up canon. Uh, like the Gendry Rivers thing or have the same team size reviewing all the footage for Starbucks related anachronisms. We know from the show itself that rulers need to have a strong team of advisors to do well. Maybe the double D's were too paranoid to let anyone get close enough to vet their ideas. Uh, she says, I heard on the Entertainment Weekly podcast, I think that's the EW podcast, that they decided to rebuild the existing Dubrovnik King's Landing set somewhere in Ireland so they'd have completely closed set. This is totally unheard of in the film industry. As a result, we also end up with King's Landing that looks like it's in the middle of the desert rather than diverting hillsides of previous seasons. Did you, Have you seen any of this discussion? Yeah, I've seen some
0: of the screenshots. I've also seen a screenshot from, like, Season 7, which looks pretty barren as well.
1: Yeah. I, I, this doesn't... Because, like, I actually chose not to talk about this because people sent in screenshots of, like, look on the map, they've changed it. Like, it King's Landing is now further back from the sea and all that. And, mm. I mean... I think if I it's, it's, it's if, the, if everything else wasn't going wrong, I don't think people would care because there's an easy explanation. Number 1, um we've never seen the side of King's Landing before, and number 2, if Cersei's like gone for broke building giant crossbows, maybe it'd be an interesting plot progression to kind of like scouring of the Shire King's Landing like she's clear cut all the King's Woods around just so she can build these anti-siege machines. Yeah. I think that'd be cool, but like people don't want to go that like people don't want to insert fan logic for the service of shit that they don't believe in. So sure. instead people are just complaining about it. Um, considering how many accurate leaks we've already been seeing, G- uh, Gimma continues. I have to wonder whether it's been worth it. Um, that's a great question. I, 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 and I've kind of changed my mind on the coffee cup thing. Cause I've listened to several entertainment podcasts that are not even about game of Thrones, like just people that are in the industry and they just couldn't fucking believe it. like, they're like saying like one person was really persuasive, I thought it's like this is like an amelia Clark's sightline, like mm-hmm. how in the world did no one you know, it's not like this was like in the corner of the scene like she's looking right over this coffee cup in front of her to deliver this thing, like you know how weren't there people like and and i i don't i don't know and did they have since digitally painted it out, yeah, yeah, so it does seem like maybe some of this uh paranoia leaks is 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 uh sh- shooting them in the foot hmm. What do you think?
0: I don't know. I'm I'm still inclined to just let them have their production error, frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it may even be a case where, oh, on set they noticed it. Mm-hmm. They didn't scrap the footage. It got to the editor, and the editor didn't notice it, right? Like, right. And just saw, hey, this is a really good shot. I need to cut this in here. Uh, and the people working in the editing room didn't catch it. like it's it's just so fucking easy for the internet right like the internet if you make the tiniest error the internet is going to catch it because there are billions of people out there looking at these things right so it i don't know it kind of annoyed me when someone i can't remember if it was on our forums or if it was on reddit or what but they they said oh the internet spots this in a day and they the people who are paid to do this for their fucking jobs can't catch this what the hell I'm like, dude, it's because it's one person. It's because it's a group of five people. Sure. It's not a 100 million people mm-hmm. all looking at this thing, scrutinizing every detail. Like, yeah, there's just a scale thing involved here.
1: You're going to gonna find these problems. To your point, also, like, I will say that after hearing your comments when I was when I, and I filtered that through the podcast I listened to, there is some like palpable envy With these insiders, they're like, look at this show that had almost two years to write six (laughs) episodes with $50 million, Uh and they can't even catch, like, there might be a little bit of, like, piling on, because it's like the rich, popular kid that walks in with this $1,000 prom suit, and his flies out, and his dick's hanging out, you know, it's like, oh, you know, all you had to do is zip up your phone, that'd be a bad example, because I think we (laughs) can reasonably expect people not to have their dicks flopped out, regardless of their class and breeding, but... <laughs> most I, I of the know. time, I get mine
0: in my pants. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's been it's been probably since three years old that that I've accidentally <laughs> that I've accidentally exposed myself. So most people grow out of that.
0: At, at the same time, I understand like why people would get angry about that because they you know some of them uh-huh. love this show. Yeah, and they don't want to see production errors. Right? Yeah, they, and they, I did they,
1: obviously you know like if this was if everybody was on board with this being an A++ like yeah. two-thirds of the way, it's like, man, it's great and I can't even imagine it getting any better, the coffee cup would be a funny thing. It would be a funny it meme. It would be yeah. like a good-natured ribbing. Mm-hmm. But because, oh, I think the preponderance of the fandom is seeing this as like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, what are we getting ourselves into? It's now, it's just like, you know, you, you see some takes like that. Uh, Tanya uh, asks us to remember, do you know... Do you remember what happened when Game of Thrones did an episode airing on Father's Day? Do you remember? No. They killed Tywin Lannister, his okay. own son, all right. on Father's Day. Yeah. This Sunday is Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. Should we be worried for the mother of dragons and the mother of all evil queens and Jaime's children? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you should be worried for everyone. It seems likely one of those will die?
0: hmm in this episode? I mean, unless they're going to save it to the very last episode, then, yeah, it seems like it.
1: But yeah, so it's like, I think it's better than, probably better than 50% chances that uh, it's going to be a Black Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, I wanted to talk about, because, like, you know, to your point about how people are reacting and, like, people are drawing up camps, like, I just saw that the the Song of Ice and Fire subreddit split into a pure, an anti-hater subreddit, and they only allow praise for the show. Like, I'm starting to see some divisions in the ranks. I thought we could talk about the psychology of fandom and final seasons and how we feel about it and i'm going to volunteer and share some experiences i've had with series over the years i don't know if people Hmm. find us interesting or not but i'm just trying to trying to think about this like like, take a step back and think about this holistically so one of the first times i can remember being let down by a show that i loved when, when i was as a teenager and star trek the next generation wrapped up Okay. Uh, I was so fucking pissed by the finale <laughs> because, I mean, overall, the show was going to be over. And a lot of that was just me coming to grips with the fact that, like, oh, there's going to be I'm not going to see Picard and Riker and Data and Crusher and everybody uh, gallivanting in the stars. Um, but also, you know, it involves jumping through a bunch of time and like old man Picard has like struggling with dementia and he had his his ex-wife Beverly Crusher so he'd gone through a divorce and as a like a 14 or 15 year old like i just recently lost my grandfather to alzheimers my mom and dad were fighting all the time i was thinking they're getting a divorce i was bringing a lot of my own personal baggage and seeing this like these like i think it sucks to Picard is suffering these things that i've suffered through and this is like kind of my escape and i don't like this and then like also fucking cue again oh my god what the hell how many times like you know it's like Uh, And, like, it's a bunch of time travel bullshit. And when I went to talk to my friends, like, in the lunchroom about it, and they were all kind of hyped about it, I was even more pissed. Because it's not fun being alone in, like, dissatisfaction and and, and happiness amongst your your community, right? It feels bad and alienating. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, as I've grown up and the years gone by, I actually think it's one of the better finales of a show that i've, I've loved like all those <laughs> things that i hate about it are actually human things and it makes uh like it gives experience like a you know more richer uh, you get a more richer experience when you see your heroes suffer like that so now i think that all good things the finale of the, the next generation is like one of the best things i've ever seen contrast that with um season seven of true blood Oh God! I'm picking my examples for either non-controversial <laughs> or people don't care about it, just so we can take some emotional steps back from from our our thoughts about this. Uh, you know, True Blood. I'm never going to say it's like on Game of Thrones level, but it was a lot of trashy fun in the early seasons, and then it kind of coasted on camp and ridiculousness. But like, this was Cecily and I's first season we ever covered on television together, and I actually went and listened to like the first 15 minutes of our uh, finale podcast, uh, mm-hmm. and we just were so fucking bummed about it. Uh, And I remember there were so many popular theories about what would happen and who would pair up and who would live and who died. And the finale managed to do none of those things and yet piss everyone off. Like, it's like, not only were these ideas not our ideas, but they were legitimately bad ideas. But there was also still, I noticed on the True Blood forums and in our fan feedback and all that, there were still passionate defenders of the show. Minority. Because, crucially, it sucks to be lonely in your joy. Like, how many times you see in, like, TV and film, like, a, the, a person has triumphed, but it's, they've lost their friends in the process, and now mm. they're rich and famous, and they're feasting and the, they're partying. The Pyrrhic victory, sure. But they, they're they just surrounded by a bunch of assholes they don't like anymore, and I feel like maybe on both sides of fan we can realize that it sucks to be left behind when everyone else is enjoying something. It sucks to be left behind when everybody else is hating something, and you're the only... Like, I just wanted to let, to let people know that I, I kind of get all that. That's uh, why I
0: just... I I look at what the the general fan population is doing, and I just a- adopt their opinion. That's all I do. I have do no you? opinions of my own. You yeah, synthesize I just go out it. There. You synthesize,
1: uh, uh-huh. triangulate, and adopt. That's yeah. a, that's a good strategy.
0: Yeah, it's, it, it's strategy. worked for me so far.
1: Um, but I mean, like, you <laughs> know, it's like I don't feel like we're a hater podcast because, like, no, I actually, actually took
0: a little bit of shit for liking this episode. I think. Did you really?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, for for liking most of it, I think that. You know, when I think about all the different shows we've covered over the years, and like all the ones that have come to a conclusion, like the left, like some of them just ended so beautifully, like The Leftovers, Breaking Bad. Some of them were ambiguous, but poignant, and, like, they really capped off. Like, maybe it's not the most happy ending, but it capped off the series well. Like, I'm thinking Mad Men. Mm. Uh, Some, like, I remember, like, the last season of Justified, like, there was a lot of writing problems, but, like, they went for broke on making the fans feel rewarded. Like, you got to the end of the last season of Leftovers, and, like, holy shit, this was a love letter written for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's, like it's still too early to tell like what you know what game of thrones is going to be thought of like in the minds of a fa- the fans like a month from now or a year from now or a decade from now but like i said just before like we get to the very end i just want everyone to like you know look across the divide at your fellow fans and kind of have empathy for them uh and you know like I'm, I'm not trying to talk anybody out of loving game of thrones i wish i was in that category i mean holy shit just from a business standpoint, I would be rooting for Game of Thrones to be successful, so that we can continue this head of steam into the, the prequels. I wrote two books on the off season, Gods of Their 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 tale would be longer and fatter if everybody decides that Game of Thrones ended really well, or if George got his act together and wrote the books. You know, like I want this show to succeed. I see no upside to hating on the show and thinking like, oh, it's it's a piece of shit. It's going to fail. So. I just you know uh, that that's my feelings on it. So did you do? Do you, you want to share? I feel like we're we're in a game of, Game of Thrones uh, anonymous, and I'm oh. Aaron, and I just shared my my. Score. I don't know.
0: I like I'm maybe I'm in a minority here. I know I'm in a minority, but I don't think they've been doing such an awful job. I think they made a couple of mistakes, but they made a couple of mistakes in season seven. And when I rewatched that, I was like, oh, this is actually a really good season, except for these couple of small things, which don't bother me anymore. I think everybody's just a little too close to it at the moment.
1: Yeah, there's also, like, I, I saw some so people like, ah, oh, you know, people were mad when they killed Ned, and they're mad when they killed Rob, and all that stuff. I, the, the, the crucial difference between those examples and now is, like, we're at the end. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, you can... It's amplified. Yeah, you, like, you want people to be upset by decisions you make in the early goings. You want people to get invested emotionally and all that kind of stuff. Oh, so, oh. So.
0: I, I was gonna say, I think it's amplified because we're at the end. Like, people... You know they want what they want, and when it doesn't turn out exactly like they want or they were hoping, then the the pressure is just so high because we know there's not there's not anything left to then correct course to, right yeah, you can't say, oh well, right. you know they'll get it right next season right. I can come or back. Like, for oh, this. They
1: killed Ned, but Rob's going to kick their ass in. well, they yeah. killed Rob, but uh, John and Dan is going to kick their ass. In. No, well, this is where they... we're going to
0: leave the story. And I think people that, that just amplifies people's emotions on it. And yeah. if they get disappointed, they get really disappointed. Yeah.
1: Do you, do you feel lonely in your joy, Jim? A little in, bit. In this room? Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> I feel lonely in my discontent. <laughs> Hug me. <laughs> love me. All right. Uh, enough of this bullshit feelings talk. Let's move into f- more feedback. I want to take a break to tell you guys about the club at club.baldmove.com now i'm sure you know that we have three podcasts uh each week every week about game of thrones but did you know that after the instant talk pod or the instant take podcast we do a whole after show where we spend some time talking to the fans on the youtube chat feature they can uh you know uh make observations ask questions uh do some some witty joke some light comedy tight five uh, whatever you want uh, and it's all exclusive to club members you have to be a club member to get access to the link to participate in it and it's uh, a great way to like decompress after game of thrones it's a lot of fun to hang out with your fellow fans uh, you can get the access to this instant talk feature as well as a bunch more uh, opportunities for expanded content ad free feeds etc at club.baldmove.com Hey, before we get back to the feedback, I want to talk about some things happening here at Bald Move. Uh, Cecily whipped up a design called I Declare Hashtag Fan Bankruptcy and put it in our merch store. You can get it on t-shirts right now, merch.baldmove.com. If you just want to throw your hands up and declare fan bankruptcy with the rest of us, uh, it is there for you to do so. We have uh, our Wednesday Super Serious Film Fest. Fantasy continues to roll on. This week, we had Dragonheart. Next week, we have Excalibur. Don't forget, it's a podcast. There's an enhanced video version of the podcast on youtube.com slash baldmove, uh, as well as a live watch. And you can find the podcast in the Bald Movies feed in your favorite podcast aggregator. Um, Also uh godsofthrones.com continues to be available both volumes one and two uh godsofthrones.com it's a book that i wrote in the off season exploring the cultures and religions and just the characters like i feel like it's it's a little bit overblown saying it's a bunch of culture and religion because it's you know i did co-write the book it's also funny i think i flattered to think it's informative uh it's very well reviewed on amazon check it out on godsofthrones.com uh pin-y.com uh we're we're out of the house snow pins but they're still weirwood uh the stairwood the brand's face on a weirwood tree if you like enamel pins you think they look good on your jacket you think it look good on your lapel your your backpack these are very attractive high quality pins at pin-y.com all these links of course in the show notes tonight we're seeing detective pikachu with our wives slash girlfriends and trying to keep them apart from each other. Uh, we'll have a review of that on the bald movies feed as well. And then tomorrow we come back on Friday for bald new television. We're going to do a little, little potpourri edition talking about the new state of the union, uh, micro comedy that's uh, on Sundance as well as Cecil and I just finished all two seasons of Hulu's Harlots. Whew, we got a lot to say about that might be covering in real time season three when it debuts in this July, check it out on bald move TV. Chloe B. I was just reading an article about the Game of Thrones spinoff series that's in development. As has been previously reported, it noted that the prequel series will chronicle the world's descent from the Golden Age of Heroes into its darkest hour. This got me thinking, could this be where we get our answers about the origins of the Night King and fill in all the missing information we are hoping to get about the White Walkers? As you've already discussed, many fans were left disappointed after the Night King was abruptly killed off in the night, the long night before his true motives and lore could be really laid out. Could it be the HBO are keep trying to keep the mystery going so they have more material for the new series? It could be, actually, yeah. I think so like if hmm my my thought is it would be very cool if the the long the long night series people and I know it's just like that's not the real name, it's just like the working title or unless it's actually been declared the real name and I just I wasn't paying attention, but I think it would be a very cool goal for them to try like that would be a nice challenge for the writing room to be like we are going to if we touch on the Night King at all we are going to try to add some shading and some dimension so that you don't like when you go back for the rewatch in Game of Thrones like you know all this stuff so everything is just cooler mm-hmm. you know like he's got he's i'm we're going to give him more depth um and you sometimes see that like in the more successful prequels they try to do that thing um but sometimes it backfires too like we frequently remarked on like the better call Saul podcast that maybe knowing so much about gus fring is a bad thing like, mm. he was like part of what made him tick in the original uh, Breaking Bad is like just knowing enough of his shady background to give him interest and in texture and, like, uh, you know, make him mysterious and cool. And then, like, knowing that, uh, you know, what his underwear size is and uh, the fact that he's got a third nipple. And I'm trying to make up spoiler, non spoiler, spoilers uh, that, that, that nobody wants to know that about Gus Fring. So, yeah. um, I'm hoping that they do like I don't think that like I think they should tell their own story and they should go for broke making it as 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 cool and interesting and standalone as possible. But yeah, if they could make the Night King three dimensional, that would be that'd be cool mm-hmm. without having to me buy 3D glasses because I just not gonna wear 3D glasses in my living room. No, it's not gonna happen. Daniel M., on Tuesday's episode, you agreed with Varys' view that John's claim to the throne is more politically viable than Danny's. You argued that one, John's greater legitimacy, and two, the idea that people like him more make his claim stronger. But you are assuming that the realm will buy the claim that John is Rhaegar's legitimate son at face value. Just imagine tomorrow someone emerged to claim, actually, I'm the legitimate heir to the United Kingdom. Sorry, Prince Charles, move aside. That would be fucking amazing. It would be awesome. That would be. It's, I mean, can, can you imagine
0: that plus Brexit? Can, I mean, it, can,
1: yes. Can we get a bastard child of of uh, one of like the the, the Queen to uh-huh. step forward and claim the legitimate like, monarchy of uh, like? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> what? Who needs Game of Thrones? Oh, the timing's so good. Um, can they sword fight can we get a sword fight at Buckingham Palace (laughs) Uh, you have yourselves repeatedly made the point that legitimacy is real only insofar as you have real raw political power to enforce it indeed if you look at history countless usurpers with no legitimacy at all have falsely claimed to be descended from royalty and no one questioned their dubious claims Um, precisely because they had real power as for the second point John may inspire loyalty from northerners but the simple fact is that he does not have the real power to take the throne outright Danny does there's no indication that a northern bastard who is now calling himself a legitimate Targaryen will inspire more loyalty from Southerners than a magical dragon queen everyone agrees is legitimate Targaryen. Hmm. I mean, I think you are mostly right. But and but the thing is, is why does Danny have the power? Because it's the dragon, right? That's the only thing she's got over John at this point. Mm-hmm. And if all of her advisors and people turned against her like we've seen these dragons are super vulnerable. Like I think it would be very easy to disarm Danny at this point, especially now that she's down to one dragon. Yeah. So, and maybe that's one of the reasons that the the writers were really keen to pair off Danny's dragons in sometimes you know unbelievable or what seemingly meaningless ways because they want you know Danny had all three of her dragons and John they were talking about John having a better claim like that would be kind of ridiculous. You know, it's like one side having nukes and the other side doesn't, and the other wants to try to take their throne away. It's like it's not it's not going to work. <laughs> so, I, I I don't know. I I just think that that's like that's the whole thing. Is the other thing is. Uh, as far as people believing it is like this isn't this wouldn't come down necessarily to just brand's word and sam's word versus danny's word right like mm-hmm. sam has some evidence that could yeah. be collected from the citadel
0: right i mean the maesters would have to agree with
1: him now at some point What would be fascinating is wh- what would the maesters decide to do mm-hmm. because that's the thing do like, they do they take a side or do they remain
0: neutral and simply here's the information
1: right and there's there's it, it, there's examples in the canon of maesters being kingmakers there's ex- examples in the canon of the faith of the seven kind of throwing their weight around like huh. it's not all just like you know it's not all just uh about claims and inheritances and who's got the bigger army sometimes like these cultural uh forces um kind of can, can hold sway too but like i said it's 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 complicated uh how complicated is going to get in the next two episodes i, I don't know it seems like it's going to be a basic uh you know, it looks like they're setting up Danny to do something truly awful next episode, and then John has to deal with it. And what's he going to do? What what play is he going to make? Is you know, it's it's this is like Anakin landing, or this is Obi wan landing on Mustafar, and Anakin standing there over a dying Padme. You know, what have you done? You're supposed to be my brother, my niece, my nephew. Wait, my aunt. Uh, like it's 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 that kind of situation. So um adam a you've talked about who varus could conspire with that needs no introduction and i was thinking why not jack and hagar i realize bravos is across the narrow sea but there's been plenty of time jumps and fast traveling this oh yeah yeah we don't have to you don't have to justify no. logistics or, or travel time yeah um varus says he will do whatever it takes for the sake of the realm no matter the personal cost maybe he'd be willing to pay whatever price perhaps even his own life in exchange for danny's like you both said, there are only two episodes left, and it might be a hasty plot, but maybe Varys has had this as a backup plan in case, uh, just in case and ready to spring to action. What do you think about... Because, like, I'm not sure if Adam is literally saying Jack and Hagar, or suggesting that Varys would hire a faceless man.
0: You, you've already taken his root and stem, and now you want to take his face? Leave the man alone.
1: <laughs> Leave the man alone. Uh... I, so they're, and there, are actually i think is ev- what what price could he pay his own life his own life because like the faceless be, men charge the price? Like a, i know yeah. they charge like a sliding scale based on how what, what what you can afford and you know i don't know what varus what varus could give up the or, realm the realm is the faceless man running the realm i i don't know i don't know what that means but what does he love
0: the most the realm according to him what is most dear to him yeah it's the realm it's the people. If you, yeah, for sure, showfarers. But I don't know how you give up the realm and also appoint a king for the realm at yeah. the same
1: time. I think that they're, like, I, I don't know. that He could, like, maybe get his hands on a lot of money. Maybe he could, like I said, sacrifice his own. Like, I, I think that there is an example of a person committing suicide or, like, uh giving up their own life to pay for a, a debt for faceless men. It's usually more of a pauper. Mm-hmm. Like, uh you know, a father who's pissed off that her his daughter got killed or something you know it's not usually a person of means but it's Varys a person of means at this point uh I don't think so I think it's no. King's Landing Day he could get a hold of a couple 10,000 gold dragons to mm-hmm. slide around but like in Danny's camp I don't I don't think her checkbooks that big
0: I don't think he's had anything but what's been in his pocket and what people are willing to give him for a very long time since he
1: went over with the with with uh, the, uh, the yeah in a crate for sure yeah Adam continues. The other bigger character that was left behind and not addressed is Dario Naharis. Any chance he could play a role in the final battle, either uh, with the Second Sons or if he somehow sold his sword to the Golden Company? I I, when I was thinking about this, I keep going back and forth about whether that would be satisfying. Like Dario Naharis, like essentially playing the same scam and like stealing the whole Golden Company or backstabbing to get in. Like, would that feel good? Like Danny is facing off um so dario dario fighting against her i don't think that makes sense at all mm-hmm. like they have told no part of the story that would make him unless you're just generic well he's a spurn lover and he hears about he heard about Jon snow and he
0: i just yeah. don't think dario cares that much da- i think dario would just be on to the next one
1: honestly and if he does like, if, if he does care i think it's more of like the genuine kind of love and admiration kind of thing that would not like the the non kind of insanely jealous kind of love yeah um because yeah, Dario, like, there's other fish in the sea. But mm-hmm. him being like a trickster kind of thing, I don't know. I don't know if that would feel satisfying because uh, presumably it would happen early enough so Danny wouldn't have to burn King's Landing, and then we're back to like potential happy <laughs> ever after ending back on. Yeah, I don't know. I was always a, I was always very resistant <sighs> to like this pure sugary type endings. Um, I wasn't expecting an ending perhaps as bleak as what it's looking like we're going to get, but like. <laughs> I don't know, that feels a little bit not as middle of the road as I was expecting.
0: Yeah, I just don't really see Dario coming back. Uh, I think there are other people who could be brought back that, you know, we talked about maybe Yara with the armies of of, uh, the Dornish. uh, I think would make maybe a little more sense than Dario because he's been out of the picture for so long. I I just don't
1: see it. I know a lot of people a couple of weeks ago were speculating Howland Reed might finally make an appearance, like at the like as the last minute savior at the Battle of Winterfell. And uh, I mean, there's still a chance because you know John's marching through his neighborhood on the way to King's Landing. Like there is an outside chance that you would meet Howland and Mira Reed in the neck. Uh, but at this point, like, why would he have sat out the Battle of Winterfell? Why would he now be joining them on the way to to? You know, to, 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 to defeat Cersei. I guess it's a personal grudge. He loved Ned. He hated the, he hates the Lannisters because they killed his boy. Um, Catherine B. I'm having a hard time with the characterization of Danny this season as mad queenie. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that it feels to me very gendered. She'd like to use as an example the show's treatment of Stannis. For the most part, we all like Stannis. I mean, up until he burns his daughter alive. But, you know, before that, Stannis to Manis. Stannis is prepared to sack the city to win the throne. He is ambitious and ruthless and will do what he has to do uh, to fulfill his destiny and claim his rightful place as ruler. He murders his brother. In the books, murders other people with shadow babies and blood magic and then is prepared to sack the city if they tell them Stannis. er, And they they tell Stannis the hundreds will die. And he responds, thousands. And all of us are like, hot damn, yeah, Stannis, let's go. No one says Stannis is a mad king. They describe him as rigid, as unbending, as a rightful heir, willing to do anything to take his crown to his detriment. This plotline feels forced and it's really kind of a bummer. Hmm. Uh I'm the last guy to talk you out of feeling like uh criticism about powerful women is gendered because <laughs> holy shit, a lot of times it is. You know, a guy hmm. is just uh fucking passionate and telling it how it is and uh using using rough language of men of action and women are shrill and that's if they're trying to be polite because they're not trying to be polite then they're just fucking bitches uh but i, I don't i don't agree with the characterization of stannis stacking sacking king's landing like he is, I, I, I like uh, to me, sacking implies like what went on in like the the Robert Baratheon rebellion, where the entire city's pillaged and re- like I think that's yeah. what people were worried what was going to happen, but like I don't, I think that like and from Stannis's own POV and from what I remember the novels that like Stannis is probably the 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 one you would most want to sack. Your city because he's not going to let his men run and rape and pillage. He'll fucking execute them all and they all kind of know it. So when he's talking about hundreds dying versus thousands, he's talking about his own men, his soldiers that he's commanding to win this military objective, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, you can start, if you want to start deciding whether fights are worth fighting and whether human lives are worth being spent at all i mean that's fine and philosophical but he's a military commander trying to get a military objective and he's not targeting civilians he's not like exploding caches of wildfire he's trying to take over the and dethrow the government of king's landing do you agree with that analysis or
0: yeah i do but i also think um you know he did he did kill his brother Uh, that's something you can't overlook. It's, it's like Danny, you know, burning the Tarleys. He's a
1: political rival.
0: Yeah. It's like Danny burning the Tarleys. I mean, it's, it's, you can't just excuse it and say, ah, well it's a, you know, it's a politics thing. So no harm, no foul. Like, yeah, yeah. He burns his brother. He, that's roughly equivalent to the, you know, Danny burning the Tarleys. I I think the thing that sets Danny apart to me is sort of (laughs) the same thing she claims about her right to the throne is it's her destiny. It's, in some ways, potentially her destiny to become another Mad Targaryen,
1: right? Like it's one of them. Yeah, you could, you It could certainly runs equal, yeah. in the family. Right. So, like
0: every time you think of her last name, you also have to think of the things that have happened within her family. The last king that they had, sure. her father uh, before before Robert. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it, it. You can't. You can't separate her from that. It's just yeah. not possible in my mind. Uh so I th- I think that's the the biggest difference but I also think you're right. Mm-hmm. I think especially, you know, in in fandoms on the internet, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people really don't want to see Danny on the throne simply because she's a woman. Yeah. I
1: think that absolutely exists. I think that I do think also, like just getting back to the Stannis point, that like I do, do feel like the fans, majority fans, turned against Stannis when he burned his daughter. Oh yeah, a hundred
0: percent, I did. And
1: even the ones that didn't were like not because they were justified; it was more like, "Well, book Stannis isn't going to do that. There's no fucking way book Stannis oh, burns his daughter." Blah blah. Book you know, Stannis. Like, well, maybe Salis will burn her daughter, but not book Stannis. Book like, Stannis
0: is dead, along with all the other book characters. They well, no longer exist.
1: <laughs> right, they're Schrodinger's characters right now. Until we open the Winds of Winter, we, we're not sure if they're alive or dead, but. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that like you are right. Jim's right. There's definitely, um, uh, a, a, an element of people that, that do, you know, just, just don't want to see Danny on the Iron Throne for illegitimate reasons, but the shows, and I think the other thing is, cause I've been thinking this about a lot about this too, is like, I think that. I bet I can't defend this. I don't know why I feel this way. I feel like I would have a better I, I feel like I'd be rolling with the Danny turning into a mad queen punch if I felt like it's in hindsight inevitable. Like there was this this like like um like like when for, like I think it's a great reveal when Frodo's at the Crack of Mount Doom. Maybe I said this last week, but he's about like, you know, Sam's with tears in his eyes, like, come on, do it, in this, throw it. And Frodo turns around and says, No, and he's gonna take the ring for his. Like that is it, it's tragic but it feels inevitable in the moment and then George Mar- or J.R.R. Tolkien had the brilliant thing to then subvert that with like you know essentially a more tortured version of Frodo fighting himself for supremacy of the ring and then kind of mercy killing himself like that's a, that's a, f- a fucking hell of a, a, a turn but it all kind of checks out and I I don't know why because people point out like well look at when Danny did this and look at when Danny did this and look when the person said this and when God's uh, when the gods make a Targaryen they flip a coin and there's not not inevitability to this outcome is it just that i don't like it is that why i'm just just having this visceral reaction
0: i mean i i can't say exactly why you're having the reaction you are but yeah i think those those elements are there like i i look at, at it and i think the, the the core thing that i like about it yeah is that danny has a uh, an ongoing choice to make right like she right. doesn't just make the choice to not be the mad queen once Right, she I mean, has to make total, it continuously, right? Well
1: that that feels like that's a total. Um, uh, yeah, I'll keep keep going. I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, so uh, the the idea that this might be fate, but that she's fighting against it uh, to to me makes it very interesting because I we don't know whether it's fate or not. We don't yeah. know if her destiny is to become a mad queen or if her destiny is to uh, be the greatest ruler that Westeros has ever seen. I yeah, we just don't know yet, and I and that's to me the exciting part. Yeah.
1: It's just, I don't know, I I guess it feels to me a lot like, and I know I've made this comparison, but like Anakin Skywalker in, in the Star Wars prequels, where it's like, he had to turn to Darth Vader, but instead of like, telling that as like a slow, inevitable descent, it was more of like, very swingy. Like, his mom dies through a very, by the way, a very contrived way, and he just goes psycho and kills him, and then the person, like, no one has natural reactions to him doing this, and... I, I don't know, and I I think back about like him, but I can't say that about any of this. I can't say that about any of the things that the show has had Danny done. And maybe it's more of like this stuff is tracking, but the other things, like the the, the way the battle Winterfell went down and the way her dragons got shot out of the sky arbitrarily, feels like maybe it's being maneuvered. Like the storytelling is fine and the concept's fine, and like the, the the them telling Danny's story, but some of the other stuff is clunky, and I'm just kind of throwing it all together. like Honestly. I no joke, guys. I f- I, f- I a lot of time thinking about how I feel about this show. Uh, yeah, and I just like because like yeah, like I I, f- I feel like I'm full of shit uh, both ways, <laughs> and it's it's an uncomfortable feeling, honestly. Um, shall we move on? Sure, Justin. What are the comparisons between Aerys the Second and Danny? I ask because I'm pissed off that Varys would plot with Illyrio from season one to put a Targaryen back on the throne and then withdraw support after Sunday's events. Let me run it back. Danny has freed Slavers Bay. Yep crucified a torch many of its masters also yep, uh she has given up her dothraki horde and most of her unsullied to keep westeros alive and then she hints that she'll burn innocence and in king's landing to take the iron throne and now varus is out uh missandy's is a way to motivate danny to trust her instincts rather than her counsel and if it means immolating supporters that are hiding in the gates of king's landing who are seeking shelter behind this fucked up woman woman who just blew up the holy sept to save herself then fuck them they should have left i mean what are the small folks supposed to do though like run out the front gates into Danny's arms? Could they even do that? Would they be allowed to? Huh? Probably not.
0: Yeah. I mean, once the gates close for siege warfare, nobody's yeah, like, getting in like, or, like these or, or Dan- out. These
1: aren't these aren't Cersei supporters. They're just they're they're hostages. You know. Uh, I've always thought the spider was the person I could trust the most, but he seems way off on this. He hasn't taken account everything Danny has done for the realm, which sets her apart from her father. And I think he's going to get him killed in this quote unquote strange country. Uh, well, I, I totally agree with you on the latter part. Um, let's let's talk this through. The big difference between, I guess, Danny and the Mad King is that Varys has a better alternative. He sees John as just a full upgrade over Danny, like all of Danny's upside and none of her downside. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't. I think that's where the argument ends, right? Yeah, I think so like mad king he didn't have a clear alternative he did back the bobby horse but that turned out to be a drunken slovenly uh lazy uh horse to back mm-hmm. and then he started engineering in the books he's depending on if you what his true motivations you believe he started engineering uh the downfall of the Brathian regime and uh also building up this uh uh Aegon Targaryen over in Essos training him to be the perfect king and the perfect leader and then as soon as he destabilizes the realm he's just going to slide this person in and you know everything's hunky-dory but like when he has a horse that he's backing and there's a better stronger nicer horse that he can just jump off in mid-saddle like I think that's what he does that's what the spider would do
0: yeah it seems like that's been his pattern uh now he you know he says that everything he's doing is for the realm but this mm-hmm. sort of opportunistic attitude mm-hmm. you know i i think it has to
1: throw some some doubt in there but is op- is it opportunistic for the realm or opportunistic right. for him? Yeah. I, I mean
0: that's the question yeah yeah is he is he doing this because he can get a leg up he can kind of hop to the next horse that isn't about to careen over a cliff yeah or is he doing it simply because he does want to support the realm and give them the best ruler and I, I think that's still a little bit up in the air, though. I come down on the on the Varys is a good guy side. Veris yeah, I mean, I room. think
1: show Varys. I was like, book Varus is kind of up in the air, but show Varys, mm-hmm. like, I don't think you're going like no one's going to peel his mask off next episode, and he's been evil all the time. I don't think you so. Know? Like, yeah. I I think he he's like one of the more remarkably consistent characters It's mm-hmm. he's always said it's for the realm his fucking with little finger his supporting of Tyrion, like his uh trying to help uh you know trying to help ned take the black like everything he's been doing has been to engineer a precise better transfer of power i feel like that all tracks through so i still i still like ferris uh, I do think he's going to get his ass uh, executed in a treason plot. It's pretty likely. I think he's going to get Guy Foxed next 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 episode or episode. It's got to, like, oh, damn, there's just so much to do in these next two episodes. Like, mm-hmm. that, if the treason carries forward, and why the foreshadowing it doesn't, then he has to be executed. Do you do that in the penultimate episode, or do you do... Unless, that the, like...
0: unless the treason is wholly effective. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. it, but, but even then, like, John hears he commits he committed treason. I don't think John lets him
1: live. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like, if, 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 you, you might be if, right, if he's takes, either way. If Varys takes Danny off the board before she's able to sack King's Landing and burn it to a crisp, I don't think Jon ever forgives that because he never would believe that she was on the cusp right. of doing that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, no, there's no way she would do that. I know her, I love her. There's, you know, even though she's my aunt, and that's squicky to me now, like, I, there's no way. She might threaten and bluster, but she'll do the right thing. Uh, now, if she gets overthrown after King's Landing gets sacked, like, okay, mm-hmm. first of all, Various uh, way to 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 snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory, and also then yeah, John buys it. But I don't know. It feels like man, it feels like Kings Lane is going to get fucked.
0: Uh, you know, I don't want to say too much, but we are in the spoiler cast. Uh-huh. Miguel Sapochnik is directing next episode. He directed uh, the the last one mm. the, the gigantic no, they battle. Usually,
1: I mean, it's they usually bring him out for the yeah. For the he directed, we know like Hardhome, and you, we know we're going to get some action. Uh, in some form or another, when Cersei butts heads with with Danny,
0: yeah, you can you can look at Danny's face at the end of last this episode, right? You know she's pissed. You know yeah. she's coming for King's Landing. Yeah, so get ready for it. Maybe this time, maybe this time, you should buckle in to lose some of the, the beloved characters.
1: Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, <gasps> God, if I said no- that last time, and I was completely wrong. Well, if nobody's significance dies this episode, then I. I don't know. Like, it feels like they're setting up for like a really heartwarming end because like they're mm-hmm. like, "Well, we need, you know, we need these characters to be able to say they're like, you know, the in, the the like end on a happy note." But that doesn't. That, it's it's weird that they're keeping so many people alive, but also seems like they're setting up a bummer of an ending. You know, like maybe that's the other thing. Like, maybe honestly, like I don't know what they've got in mind for all these characters, but maybe they should have killed off a few more in the Battle of Winterfell just so people. Can kind of get like those gut punches, and instead of having a hit all at once, they're like, "Okay, I'm 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 on board for a more grim, like, holy shit, uh, a, a version of this story." But I don't know, like, could you kill? Like, a thing is like, uh, you know, but but who would they kill? Because like, the Hound's got something to do. Mm-hmm you know brienne they could have killed obviously because like as much as i like like that she's
0: not really in danger as far as i can tell unless she goes after jamie but
1: right but if she died like that would have given that would have been an interesting that would have lit in a real fire out of jamie to go get vengeance for cersei yeah you know like they did that anyway but now it's like they kept brienne alive to break her heart that's kind of a bummer like maybe she just dies battling on the battlefield i don't know i don't want a second i don't want a monday morning quarterback to the whole show but uh Uh, Cersei
0: sees that she's she's going down. mm -hmm. She's got no defense, so she puts wildfire into the wells in King's Landing. Mm -hmm. Uh, They take the city, they kill Cersei. Everybody drinks the water, and Sam has to tend to them as they shit themselves to death
1: (laughs) with dysentery. Uh, That could happen. (laughs) You know, it's also, what what about this? What if, like... um... Because we know we have the caches of Wildfire still left to go. What if, Do we? I, I was wondering about that. I don't know. I mean, I've heard... Could she s- use some of them? Or, uh, you know, a significant portion all? of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, I, I, I think that, like, no one would not believe it if it turns out there yeah, are a yeah. few more caches or mm-hmm. if she's had the pirate. Hey, Wildfire's really saved their ass a couple of times. Make some more pots of this, guys. Yeah. Uh, would it be interesting if, like, like Danny comes up with, like, a cunning plot to surgically take out Cersei? And she uses like dragon fire or something and that ignites the wildfire oh. cash and she inadvertently destroys Kills the kingdom of the City? Huh. I, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. That'd be a way to kind of like cause then, so so then it's like wouldn't the, man, I'm 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 I feel like I have tried to help you people declare fan bankruptcy and now I'm selling you penny stocks. So but it would be kind of awesome if Danny actually one last time fights off her worst impulses and like, okay, we're going to do this right. It blows up to her face, kills some people, more people she loves, and ends up at the same outcome. And yeah. she's like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. Dracarys, 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 care And like just starts like, because then uh, like that would actually like, I, I, I'd be convinced like, okay, that's an arc that would drive a person fucking insane. uh uh-huh. Like, no matter how hard I try to be good and resist my worst impulses and temptations, you gotta fucking bring the demon out of me. So, um, Catronia H. I think the Double Ds have ran out of, as the Double Ds have ran out of books, they've mined Gurm's other works, and where previously Dany's arc was closer to Aegon I, she's looking more and more to end her story closer to Rhaenerys. Queen Rhaenerys didn't start out noticeably as a mad or even bad Targaryen. She was the realm's delight. But after being thwarted so many times and suffering so many losses, uh uh uh-oh, uh-oh, the madness overtook her and ended with her death. Killed by a dragon? Uh, Rhaenerys lost her baby in childbirth, lost three of her other children to the war. One of her children was murdered in King's Landing to draw her out, and while she took the throne, she couldn't hold it. And she's making, you know, she's like, you know, that could be an analogy to, like, Miss Sandy. Indeed, it was a small folk who really turned against her and hastened the end of her short reign. She became paranoid of the loyalty of the man she loved and ordered his death and was inevitably betrayed by her own trusted advisors. You know, Catronia, your email got me thinking that, like, because you're looking at it from the other end, like, oh, I've ran out of George material, so I'm going to go to, like, Fire and Blood and read Targaryen history and kind of, like, f- brush the... What if, what if Martin's doing that? Like, you know what? I don't really know how to end this, but I really like having rich historical parallels and like narrative like rhyming and echoing. So I'm going to just like go ham creatively on all this like three hundred years with a Targaryen, like a simulation. And I'm just gonna just like just just not even give a shit if it makes sense. I'm just gonna have a bunch of wars and things. Fu- and like then after I get this done, I can see what the fans like and don't like, and what I like and don't like. What worked, and then I can start picking the stuff that does. And that what happens to Danny. And also I'm brilliant because it's all past his prologue and history repeating itself. Like it feels like a gardener solution to keep That's the publisher off his back to keep making money and to mm-hmm. like workshop his ideas. Yeah do you think he's actually doing it man
0: if i knew what was going on in george martin's head yeah like i i would i, I might go insane i might become a mad king
1: <laughs> you'd be more fun as a mad queen honestly <laughs> uh i mean you got the legs for it let's yeah. let's, let's, let's 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 just say maybe that. after
0: i see rocket man
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go you need some inspiration <laughs> yeah uh, Aaron P. Looking back on season eight, episode four, there seems to be one glaring error that nobody mentions. How did Danny and remaining Unsullied get the King's Landing off of Dragonstone? Euron appeared to have completely destroyed their fleet and probably drowned a lot of remaining Unsullied. Unless swimming was part of their training, did she hire Salador San? Some other fleet showed up. There is a naval equivalent of showing someone encircled by enemies... Uh, but the next they are seen free and walking away with no explanation as to what happened.
0: Yeah, that's, those dragons got a big old back. They do. Huge back. They do. You know how many horns they have to hang on to? Uh, t- uh, uh, enough. You like, don't need to hang
1: on to two horns. Danny. just does. You like, can just like Danny, hang on to one. Uh, Danny when she rescued John and everybody, treated Drogon like a fucking minibus. Mm-hmm. Like, they had like eight people on the back of that thing. I think yeah. Drogon's a big boy. You can carry 12 <laughs> at a time
0: i was asking the same question but i stopped asking because the thing is they're not going to tell me
1: so i feel like and that's i guess the other thing is like i feel like my experience with game of thrones in the last four years have been just like you know what uh yes jetpacking is annoying but we're just going to ignore it because that's what this show does mm-hmm. uh like these logistics are ignoring or, or, or are dumb and annoying but we're going to ignore it because that's what this show does like you're not wrong, Aaron, but like, it's kind of like we're watching Adam West Batman, and someone says, Man, every single time they throw a punch, there's this big cartoon pow or kablooey. Like, <laughs> I'd really like to see them land the punch every once in a while. It's like, Well, yeah, watching the wrong show because this show doesn't give a fuck about that. They like their their pals and kablammies. So, uh, you're right I again this is this is file this under like don't put your heroes in a situation where you are not prepared to logically follow through the conclusions Mm -hmm. and like so many times like none none of these battles feel like they mean anything because the forces of good or evil have just enough forces to fight the next battle yeah they always will they always will, no matter how many times they've been decimated, no matter how many times they've faced half their losses, no matter how many times their ships have been sank to the sea. Euron can always build a thousand more. Danny can always whittle a couple ships on fucking Dragonstone, which is known, fabled for its vast forests and reserves of lumber and and, mm-hmm. and Keebler Elves shipbuilders that can just go out of work at a moment's notice. Like It's just, this, it's just pow and kablooey, it can blame me, man. David B, why is John's actual name Aegon? That means that Rhaegar named his first son with Aelia Martell Aegon, and then named his child with Lyanna Aegon as well. Two sons named Aegon. Is this like George Foreman? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. happens all the time. I mean, he's he's an odd duck there were i do remember last year when like the the lore fans were trying to come up with uh ways to kind of explain this is that the idea the whole idea of Rhaegar is that he's like obsessed with this prophecy about the prince that was promised coming from his his lineage like the the his 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 bloodline and he wanted to kind of hasten that along by marrying the right person... The dra- he thought the dragon had to have three heads... So he was trying to... Uh, you, like, in, in, like Bring about another Aegon type of situation... And at some point... He... I don't know whether he was... Going through the motions with that with Elia... And then he meets Lyanna... And it's like... Oh no, this is the actual song of Ice and Fire... I've been, I've been trying to fake it with this person... And now I'm whole hog... But like, you get the idea that maybe he was just doing... Like version two... Like the cleaned up version of this experiment... Hmm. Um, so, Makes a certain
0: amount of sense, sure. Yeah,
1: but like, also, like, does the the, the the name matter? I I don't know. I that's still like I thought Aegon was the was not a great creative naming thing for John. Like I've always liked if, if he was his name is Aemon. But then again, Rhaegar didn't give a shit about Aemon. Probably the only, that only is a deep rich meaning because of our connection with Aemon and John. So it would probably be just as silly as naming him Aegon. Um, Tim C. After the battle of Winterfell, I just do not feel like we got our fill of dragon battles. These battles are such a big part of the books that I feel like there has to be more coming our way. Kyburn was deeply interested in the hand of the white that was cut off into the dragon pit in the season seven finale. We know he's an unethical maester, fascinated by necromancy, and this fact is consistently reiterated, reiterated in the show. Uh, with Gregor Clegane, Kyburn has proven capable of resurrecting things that are either dead or on the edge of death. Old skeletons can be resurrected, which was recently proven into the Crypts of Winterfell. Um okay. So this is just a rebr this is just a refurbished uh he's gonna do something freaky with the skeletons in the, the, the dungeon of King's Landing. Uh he also like, you know, he cause uh he continues Tim does saying that like this is explains like the animatic of this the of the big dragon skull being menaced by the crossbow. Um, there's like a couple of promotional marketing that shows the Iron Throne kind of made out of a dragon. Have you seen that stuff? Hmm. Like it's dr- like a dragon's face, but his horns are kind of turned like it's like a blending of an Iron Throne and a dragon. He's like, they're trying to tell us that this is like they're bringing back uh, Balerion the ba- the Black Dread. Um hmm. I would think it'd think? be easier
0: to bring back Regal. Huh? Like I- I've already painted a scenario in which Regal comes
1: back. What if Regal just washes up on the shore? Sure. That's like, so I kept on thinking, like, well, there is no way he'd dredge, but like, if Raygai was a large creature that died in like that shallow of a water close to shore, it's entirely possible he would sh- wash up and 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 quickly.
0: Well, I think it's it's tough for me to see for a way uh, that the Hound gets into King's Landing mm-hmm. when they're in full on siege mode mm-hmm. uh, to fight Gregor. Mm-hmm. So, what if Gregor, you know? going on with my theory here that he could just sort of walk in and pull Regal out. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure this is silly. Right. But let's but go hey, with it, you know. Yeah, no sillier than anything else they've done. Sure. Uh g- goes goes to the bottom of the bay, pulls out Regal mm-hmm. by the chains uh that he's he's attached to him. Uh and when he comes out of the water pulling Regal, there's the hound outside the the walls. Oh. Waiting for him. Mhm. Uh and and then, you know, he draws a sword and they go into uh some kind of battle i don't know what you'd call it but you know they fight each other
1: is the mountain like completely unescorted like he just like cersei yeah. said, "Hey, take this mile long well, chain go find the dragon yeah He's so just... he
0: does that but there are there are people waiting to like for the handoff of the dragon mm-hmm. so he, he sees the hound and he pulls the sword and he walks up you know as as they're preparing to fight and uh-huh. in the background people are taking regal yeah in inside the gates I think that could that could go over pretty well.
1: <laughs> I, I like the idea of uh, the, <laughs> like like it would tickle me to death the image of Gregor taking his chain and wading out into the water. And like every ten <laughs> minutes in the episode, we cut to him like just walking along the seabed, you know. Yeah. And like you know, it's like the tension. And then he's got he's hooking the chain around <laughs> Gal's neck. Like okay, that it's would so be so stupid. Yeah, yeah, it'd be fun though. It would be. Uh, okay, Matthew E. Is Bran Dunn contributing to the show? Was his only destiny to not literally duke it out with the Night King? It's known that he can see things in real time, such as the wall falling, Jamie coming to Winterfell, but he couldn't warn the enemy marching south of the immediate threat of the Iron Fleet waiting to ambush them at Dragonstone? Is yeah. the sole purpose of the Three-Eyed Raven to be an apolitical source of knowledge, even if it results in the death of John and all involved?
0: No, I don't think so, because he connected up with Sam and essentially you know uh connected the dots on john being the
1: the true heir whatever that means john's per- dan's per- dan bran's purpose was to push danny into mad queen territory it seems like it yeah with his political secrets mm-hmm. i i do think that's one of the many things that would make me feel a lot better about this season is if bran did something relevant in these next two episodes because otherwise holy shit the amount of screen time we've seen this kid go up there and get Make it to the Three-Eyed Raven, get trained by the Three-Eyed Raven, survive uh, narrowly back so that he can serve as bait to his eternal, you know, tormentor slash villain. It doesn't feel like a good payoff to me. And I think I'm hoping I'm hoping if I hadn't declared bankruptcy, I'm hoping that 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 they that they figure out some way to, to make him relevant. But I don't know. Uh, Claudia, just listening to your last two episodes discussing the recent episode Last of the Starks and you guys haven't talked about the Lord of Light much. Do you think that he will do <laughs> something else? Is his objective over since living the uh, the Living One the Long Battle of the Night or the Battle of the Long Night? It just made me wonder after reviewing the episode Sir Davos mentions him when he's talking to Tyrion.
0: Yeah, no, I think the Lord of the Light storyline largely died with the followers of the Lord of Alessandra? Light. Light. Yeah. And and Beric and... I just, I don't
1: see any more importance there. It's weird that she went to Volantis. Uh like she went off continent to do something and then came back. Mm-hmm. I, I, I. Uh, another shocker is that we haven't seen any more red because it does seem like that. Like this, if that's if that's true, what you say, it does feel like the Lord of the Light f- fought a bit of a fearec victory himself. Like uh, your extinction as a god. But you did save humanity, so way yeah. way to take it way to take it on the mythological chin there
0: no, I don't think the Lord of the light if if it's a real thing is dead, yeah, I just think it's the storyline the part of Game of Thrones that cares about the Lord of the Light is done
1: well, I mean I think that if that would make sense because honestly um. And there's still two episodes, maybe. like That's the other thing. It's like There is an outside chance that they will ass-pull something that's just fucking amazing that ties all these prophecies and, uh, and reframes them to be about Cersei. maybe maybe you declared fan bankruptcy. Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> it's these fucking subprime loans. They just seem so attractive. <laughs> They're leveraged and packaged, and they got AAA ratings. I, How I can see I... you
0: reinvesting I'm here. Just...
1: Their streets are full of gold out there, Jim. <laughs> Why can't I go out and pick it up? Why can't I go out and pick it up? No, I mean yeah fan bankruptcy aside i i there is the possibility that they will and it'd be tricky to like reframe all these prophecies because that's the thing like otherwise i mean it's definitely on brand for the prophecies uh to not mean anything, but like uh you know i it, it, it would be I, I think it'd actually kind of redeem it if um completely redeem it if they were able to have a satisfying way to reframe the prophecy about uh Dan- or. Another easy way to go about this would be like, John's the prince that was promised to save not just the world from the White Walkers, but also the world from the tyranny of Danny.
0: Hmm. Okay. Like, if she becomes a tyrant to destroy the tyrants.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like that. That's part of like you know the 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 prophecy all working out. And I don't know if they could like it's man. It seems like they're so close to having a dragon of three heads. If if if, if, if yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Fan bankruptcy. Hashtag (laughs) Declare Fan Bank's Repsy. Brian M. Brian M. I was wondering a few episodes back, what are the ramifications of Yara kills Euron? The Ironborn seemed to follow the strongest leader, so she would automatically get control of Euron's 1,000-ship navy? This seems to be what they've implied on screen, but I'm not sure if I'm reading too much into Theon scene in the beach.
0: Has she been drowned and come back yet?
1: Uh, I mean, I think she's like. It's kind so, of a crucial part, yeah. Well, but I mean, there's like two stages of that, like in Ironborn culture, as like there's like the priests that legitimately are drowned and brought back through some kind of CPR. And then there's the, the half ass version that Theon got, like where he just gets sprinkled with water. So Yara's gotten that done for sure. Hmm. Um, I think that, like, I mean, the obvious answer is that, yeah, the, 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 from my understanding, the Ironborn culture, they follow the tough talking, tough fighting leader. So yeah. if Yara's able to defeat on and depose him, then they, she would probably, well, these one or two things would happen. they just all throw in support with her, or they would do another king's mood. Mm. And then who would, you know, at this stage of the war, like, who, who would win, you know. Who would even th- challenge her, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Amber S. In the books, Maester Aemon talks about how dragon sex is fluid and changing. This is seen in certain frogs and other asexual creatures. Also in dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Also in human beings. What if dragons had laid eggs and they had hatched and come to avenge their brother? There could be some on Dragonstone, but they wouldn't be too large yet. But if some hatched a marine, they might be big enough to wreak havoc by this point. With one dragon left, it'd be great to see them continued on in some way. Um, hmm. This... So I saw some fan art uh, on one of the subreddits, and the title was... We were robbed of the epic ending we deserve, and the picture was depicting the ice dragon, uh, Viserion, a breathing fire at Drogon, and their fire was meeting in the middle and canceling each other's <laughs> out, and they were surrounded by all the things. It was, like, this big, kind of, like, gothic, you know... Is this is
0: so fucking Dragon Ball Z. Like, this is so right, done so, to
1: death. Right, like if you turn the average frustrated nerd the key the hand in the keyboard i promise you it'll be a thousand times worse than what the double d's and i'm not saying that your egg theory is in that category i just think like what would that look like like if a bunch of like like two or three dragons come over the horizon during an impactful battle or uh it would be like you know someone would have to be like look it's the dragons we didn't know anything about the you know Rhaegal and Drogon must have gotten busy at Essos or something. like I don't I don't and, know uh, how that is introduced. dario's writing one in dario's uh, writing one in sure yeah sure. I
0: hmm. yeah I'm with you I, I think uh, like look we <laughs> if you're gonna do something like that in a show I almost think you have to foreshadow it somehow right and they
1: just haven't
0: foreshadowed that there's even a single other dragon out there.
1: And dragons being kind of amorphous asexual like uh you know life finds a way kind of be like I don't think that's enough foreshadowing.
0: No. No, yeah. I mean do So I'm struggling to even think of any dragon eggs that we know about, not since Danny's. Yeah. Yeah. Um and and we don't it, I don't know. There's there's so many like this would have to happen and this would have to be true and that would have to be true. mm mm-hmm. Mhm that it would just be a huge stretch if I saw even another single dragon anywhere. Other than maybe, like, an undead Rhaegal or okay. yeah. um, something, yeah. something like that. Or even, like, potentially a return of Assyrian. Like, th- there's places you could go that have dragons, but... Just some random dragons coming from nowhere. With well, two
1: episodes left. Far-fetched. Like a season left, maybe you could. Yeah, you could get there. But. Yeah, like when Danny and John find out, like, you know, like the perfect time to do this is when they're inspecting their nests and Danny finds out they're not eating and it turns out uh, it's because they've clutched up an eggs and that's something dragons do and no one knew because dragons have been dead for so long. Like, it's just, I think it's too late. I think it's too late. It's going to feel but, like.
0: But, but I think people are theorizing on these sorts of things precisely because the show has been accelerating the way they tell the story Mm. you know like if if you can have in the span of a a two-minute scene danny going from winterfell to dragonstone to king's landing Mm -hmm. then what couldn't you do you know yeah those are weeks-long journeys that that they're undertaking and they're happening in over seconds of screen time so
1: I, I, I think so, they're
0: sort of encouraging people to, to think this way.
1: No, you're not wrong, because, like, I was just thinking that through, and it's like, yeah, like, I'm against that, because, like, to me, I see those as mistakes or things that take me out of it, and I want to see less of those, but, like, there's another way to be like, fuck yeah, if we're going to put the pedal to the metal. <laughs> right. Like, get, you, get uh, you know, cranked up in here, get John Wick up, and just, like, just roll with the rule, just completely roll with the rule of cool. But then that pisses off a lot of the fans that like the the, the, the diplomatic uh, yeah, that's me, know, power struggle stuff, so. Mm-hmm uh papa cats the show made it clear early in season two that magic was returning to the world via the birth of danny's dragons now that she's blown a three dragon lead and is down to only drogon should magic be dwindling from the world i love that mm. it's the Brand's bottom is getting it's, weaker it's the bottom of the eighth season danny has blown a three dragon lead
0: every as, dragon
1: as she stares down cersei glaring from the pitcher's bound uh, <laughs> she blew a three dragon lead jim she, she sure did, yeah. Do you, so, so shouldn't magic be dwindling from the world? Do you think that's something the that show will address, or is it just a forgotten plot point given the rush to the f- finish?
0: This should be like a Back to the Future thing. Every dragon that Danny loses, Brand starts to disappear a little, <laughs> or or gets weaker.
1: It would be his interesting. memories start to disappear. It. it- It would be well, yeah, I mean, especially if the if a brand dies and the whole mystery the whole world becomes a uh, a Polaroid that Marty McFly is constantly looking at Mm -hmm. in horror and amazement. I think that um I think it would be cool if the pyromancers were involved in some kind of plot, like Cersei's like, you cook up these pots, boys. And because like, just like they're saying like, oh, our mat, you know, our, our, our pyromancy is a lot more effective now. We're making more and more because of dra-. it'd be funny. Like they're like, we can't, we just can't. Like it's not working anymore. Like it would be like Cersei winnowing down Danny's dragons would also be diminishing her power. And that, I guess that would be kind huh. of poetic. Like, if the dragon dies and her wildfire no longer works and it's just a straight-up military fight now, that would be kind of interesting. Could be. Don't think it's going to happen. No. But it uh, it would be an interesting wrinkle. Uh, Ginny F. When searching back at previous seasons, I came across Varys and Kin- Kinvara scene where Tyrion had called for the priests and priestesses of the Lord of Light to assist in bringing people of Marine into the fold. Kinvara then brings up uh, what he heard in the flames... Uh, what Varys heard in the flames, in the name of the one that spoke. This information visibly shakes Varys. Before leaving, she tells Varys that if he is truly Danny's friend, he has nothing to fear from her. Well, given Varys has officially decided to betray Danny, how sweet would it be to have the Red God and his followers getting into the mix in the last war? Hmm. Huh. Uh, I mean, I yeah. Like I said, I I did forget about that scene. Right. Um. So, like, I mean, that's foreshadowing for Danny like, killing Varys, but, like, I don't see how it, I don't see how it follows that they would get into the mix here, because, I mean, I guess they could, it would be, I I mean, I I guess, yeah, you could, like, all this ship, all this show needs to do is show a bunch of ships that have, like, fucking fiery red hand on their sails, Mm -hmm. and, because that's what all ships look like, and... Uh, landing on there and a bunch of screaming you know fiery hand uh, the fanatics get out and a bunch of priests is like we've talked about it. just like everything we said about the battle of Winterfell battle of Winterfell bring it forward into the battle of King's Landing and it works sort of mm-hmm. but now like Melisandre's not there so it'd just be like I don't know how do you do that like after like you know the, everything's said and done and Danny and John are covered in ash and smoke from all the fire and they're like dusting themselves off and King Varr comes up smugly and they're like ah thanks for saving the bacon and they're all like hey you know Melisandra Melisandra called us in and we'll do anything for Melisandre. and then a sweet guitar lick plays and <laughs> the dragon Drogon just explodes <laughs> in the background <laughs> for some reason uh love it Emily M Tyrion knew exactly what he was doing when he was trying to persuade Cersei. He does know his sister, and he would have known that Euron believes her child is his. I don't know how he would know that latter, latter part. Hmm. I'm also speculating that someone sent a raven to King's Landing so Danny would be ambushed. Because how did Cersei know that Danny was coming? Sure, Cersei's anticipating, but uh, does she have a calendar or has a previous notion of specifically when Danny would come? Euron and his fleet were already well in the water before Danny arrived. Uh, They weren't gathering their troops and boarding ships in those scenes. They were armed and prepared. They were ready, so ready that they even knew which direction Danny was sailing. Okay, I want us to take a step back here this is just naval combat 101 if you know like danny has to come from the north that's the Mm -hmm. only like unless she comes way out and comes from the rear which fine with the dragon but how would she do it with her ships like they have to sail from this direction like ships especially sailing ships can't go anywhere they want they've got motors they got to sail so Mm -hmm. if you are an age of sail captain and you want to blockade a town or someplace you know and pretty good you know like where they're going to be coming from where they're going to be sailing from you look at the wind you look at the tides this is where you're going to come from and you can effectively that's how they used to have battles on the ocean before gps and shit like there was military strategic objectives they had to be blockade so like i don't i guess i don't have a problem and like what else would euron be doing other than that with his navy right yeah i mean if, if his goal is
0: to intercept the incoming fleet then he really wouldn't need to be like in blackwater yeah or whatever protecting because they're not gonna have a fleet to
1: attack from that right. angle so also these ships routinely spent months at sea you know, mm-hmm. uh, so they've got food and stores to like la like to to, to do those kind of blockades. So it's like, I, I maybe the the impression people would have is that like if you had a ship that you'd spend all your time in port until like the alarms went off, and you sh- it's like a jet fighter and in Independence Day, everyone scrambles to them, and like takes. And, uh, mostly these these guys go out and loiter and like deny yeah. area of the sea. So I, I didn't have a problem with that aspect of it. The insane gunnery, uh, <laughs> the, the, and and the fact that he was tactically cloaked from from uh, Danny's aerial observations. My problem with those scenes. Um, but anyway, but she, so her point is that Emily's u- using this and the fact that, like, Tyrion might have advanced knowledge of his uh, sister that, that suggests that they're spying going back both in, in both directions, that, like, you know, someone's feeding Danny intelligence, someone's feeding Cersei intelligence. I mean... I just
0: don't... I don't see the channels of communication. Mm-hmm. I, I can't... I can't figure out how that would even happen,
1: let alone who would be doing it. Because she's she's taking the, the even one step further and suggesting that Tyrion and Cersei are conspiring because they've had this plan to like to put the Lannisters on top, top all along. And that like, 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 it'd be one thing for Tyrion to be a traitor in, this, in the vein of Varus, but for him to be working with Cersei all along to return the Lannisters to dominance—that seems like a wise, wild swing out of his character yeah I, I agree okay chloe b i'm a bit of a history buff and i had the following epiphany and it blew my own mind i, I wish you a speedy recovery from that blown minds nothing to take lightly It's expensive germ has been open about his love for history and inspiration he took from scottish history and the war of the roses specifically Mary Tudor was believed to have had a failed or phantom pregnancy. She was aptly named Bloody Mary because she had burned hundreds of Protestants alive during her reign. Trying to stomp out the Church of England, her father had established and reinstall Catholicism. Her pregnancy was announced, and eventually it just kind of didn't happen. They thought that maybe she got the dates wrong. History keeps the details vague, but eventually she died of what we think was a uterine or ovarian tumor, which would explain her swelling stomach. When she died, her throne was given to her half sister Elizabeth, first or Good Queen Bess. What if Cersei is the bitter queen that Mary, uh, the bitter queen Mary, desperate to have one new or one uh, a new heir uh, alive. Her failing mental health could result in her de- developing a false pregnancy with symptoms that could con- feasibly convince Kyburn but also be inconsistent with time and development. Jamie had already left her in the book. I could see this as being a box bullet point on the part of the Double Ds not knowing how to portray a false pregnancy. Well, yeah, I buy that. Like, let me stop there. I don't even think that, like... Like, it, I don't think Qyburn has to be conce- deceived. Like, if Cersei just says, I want to pull this false pregnancy gambit, he'd just be like, yes, my queen. Yeah. And he would do all the significant nodding in the world to Euron, and like, oh, yeah, she's totally pregnant, bro. Totally. I'm a maester. Don't argue with me
0: right it seems like the the email you know and the the attempt to kind of explain this uh this false pregnancy thing stems from the idea that so much time has passed and she's not showing and gilly is and like Mm. there's a lot of like comparisons on the timeline between one woman who claims to be pregnant but definitely doesn't look it and another who looked pregnant and said i'm pregnant uh I, i i just i just think these are well, let's call them oversights yeah. uh, by the, the the writers. I don't think they're trying to plan something more uh,
1: elaborate. I mean, I do sit up straight a little bit and take notice when people say it's war the 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 roses sure, because we like, know that we know we've, we've a heard lot, it from George's own mouth. A lot of the blueprints for especially early early days of Game of Thrones kind of came, or and A Song of Ice of Fire came from that, but. Um, she continues her analogy that Sansa could be the traitor's daughter who is younger and a more beautiful queen who's better suited and qualified to rule uh, Arya's defensive is smart and capable uh, to John, make me think that given the opportunity she would put her sister on the throne Elizabeth I was never married or had children she ruled independently and did a damn good job this is a role that I can actually see Sansa in she's gained support from actually being fair and a just ruler that inspires loyalty similar to the rebellions and rumblings that happened around Elizabeth before taking her throne so two part prediction Cersei's got a failed uh, a faked pregnancy that's going to result in her being dead and supplanted by Sansa sitting on the Iron Throne huh do you i
0: I, yeah i'm not i'm not buying into the first part and therefore i sort of can't buy into the second part because it depends on the let me let me run
1: this by if we put aside if we put aside the like the democratic theories about how game of thrones is going to end and Mm -hmm. we just have like there's going to be a showdown between danny danny and john presumably john wins because the hero that the only way you have a bittersweet ending is for the hero to win i don't think john wants to be the king
0: no, I don't think
1: so. Like, it would be interesting if he just abdicates his throne in favor for, of of Sansa. Um, I don't know how huh. they make that happen, because, like, there is no fucking claim there. Uh, it goes against almost all the cultural mores as, as far as, like... Although they're... I mean, I guess the, the people have already a queen. They have an evil queen, uh, so they'd be primed to accept a good queen. But, like, how... If you're going to pay any attention to kind of, like, secession or... I don't know if Sansa like like does a Queen Elizabeth and says I'm just not going to have children and I'm gonna be a one and done. How about John takes the throne? Okay, he marries Sansa and then he abdicates the throne. (sighs) Aren't they cousins? (laughs) Aren't they? They're cousins now. Yeah, I guess that's less. So if I get my genetic diversity scale out, like I think being cousins, like marrying cousins, is better than marrying. S- uh, aunts and uncles which is better than marrying brothers and sisters which is better than marrying <laughs> parents i think like that's like the chain of like yeah. worst worst th- ideas for like just from a genetic standpoint mm-hmm. so i guess i think that would be <laughs> profoundly gross though sure because they i'm did...
0: suggesting it in jest but yeah. oh, okay especially since I, I was trying to... to
1: think how could it work and right. i guess that would make sense a queen right yeah I, among other things <laughs> uh i think it'd be funny just like it's like smash cut from her and aria both being like but yeah you yeah, we i don't care what the truth is we've always seen you as our brother dude To like them getting married two episodes later uh-huh uh <laughs> yeah that'd be a that'd be a hairpin turn to negotiate all right this is the last email justin in as an avid listener to your podcast show watcher book reader and overall super fan the question of when is george going to finish these books has obviously come up endlessly my question is, why isn't anyone considered that George hasn't been telling the entire truth and has a closet deal with HBO not to release the last two books before the show ends? Think about it. If you were HBO, and I know we we this is an annual season tradition uh, to, to talk about what if there's a secret deal. If you were HBO and you were in a piece of the, lar- the biggest series finale in television his- history, wouldn't you do everything in your power to make sure that no one in the book world uh, would have the slightest idea of how this... ends. We've been waiting on the winds of winter since the show premiered, so it seems likely that HBO quickly caught on to how big the show could potentially become and wanted to make sure nothing else could be spoiled for show watchers. Okay. I, I don't know how mechanically this could ever work. Because there as person has dibs on george's rights and it's his publisher presumably i don't remember if it's random house or it's Penguin or who it is but it's it's a multi it's a multi-million dollar international company that is maybe not as powerful as hbo but certainly enough to like make stink in the press if george is going to be like yeah we're just not gonna we're not going to give you any books for like 10 years because i got this deal with hbo going on like i just don't see it also maybe thinking, they make the
0: deal with uh, the publisher
1: if I w- if I was HBO, oh, so if HBO like so like, because yeah. here's the thing,
0: it's like Sony doing a PS4 ex- exclusive, right? Like, but what's we're more, give you money to not put this thing on another console. Mm-hmm.
1: I could see that for Dream is Spring, maybe, but Winds of Winter, like, how does that do anything but just whip up the fans even more? Like, get people even more excited. Unless Winds of Winter is bad, like, like there's a dark interpretation that like. Let's say to, that Martin has Winds of winter, and HBO reads it and is like, "Ugh, ugh we don't like how this is going. Uh, let us tell this story first. <laughs> and I, I just,
0: yeah, the, 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 the whole the, fucking th- thing is a mess. I uh, like my my brain wants to, you know, jump to, oh, here's how this could happen, or here's how this could happen, and I just we just don't have any good indication in of
1: secret too. Like so many people would know this would happen, and nobody would ever leak it, and yeah i i don't know man like i all of this is a mystery
0: to me it's such a colossal clusterfuck at this right, point right that i just look at it and i throw my hands up even trying to decipher yeah. who's to blame yeah. uh what kind of deals have been made Can, what this, kind of deals have been broken
1: if, if this if this actually came out later that this was something like this was true it is it is there a bigger like non-sex and murder scandal in hollywood history no no. That like the HBO secretly buried Martin's books and the publisher was complicit and we've waited 10 years for or it's not been 10 because we just got Dance like season 2 of Game of Thrones but like a long a better part of a decade for for essentially just monetary reasons. Yeah. Um, it, it, so I don't know. I just yeah, I just I just think that there's just no way anything is like this happening in secret. So But uh, you would
0: also think that the Martin's publisher would be putting up a stink to get these fucking books out. While, yeah. while it's as relevant as it's ever going to be. Like, you, George, you've got to get these books out while Game of Thrones is on the air because right. you're never going to be more popular than you are right now. Yeah. You will never make more money on these books yeah. than right now. Yeah. Um, like, why isn't the publisher out there, you know, saying that? I mean, like, it, I
1: could weave a conspiracy theory. Like, to, So, like, Martin says, we oh, wants me to do this. And the publisher says, no, fuck you. And Martin's like, okay, okay, here's the thing. Uh... If the show's great, then people are going to want to see the the f- the expanded version. The show's terrible, people are going to pin all their hopes on me making it great. And in the meantime, I'll release two bible-sized tomes and the world of ice and fire and a cookbook and uh and some uh, some some anthology short stories and and some uh duncan egg shit and we'll be making tons of money in the meantime and we don't hurt ourselves like I can see a conspiracy theory where this all makes us like Straight up, mm-hmm. like, greedy businessman sense. But, like, I just can't imagine. Like, there's just too many. I, I can't imagine if there wasn't a deal like that,
0: that there yeah. wouldn't already be a lawsuit telling That's like, what I'm like, saying. on George Martin saying, You didn't finish these fucking books.
1: Right. And now you're being sued by like, your publisher. Ge- George Martin's not Tywin Lannister. He's not so powerful that he can just make these things happen and crush all dissent, you know? Right. So, I. Unless, it, unless he had the publisher in, uh, in on it, but then, then how does it not leak? Uh, I, I just think this is a little this is sweet summer child thinking because what people want is uh the books to be really good and the books to be done and the mm-hmm. books to come out three months from now and six months from now and then we can get the story that we knew was going to be possible the whole time and we can you know be smug about the double d's fucking it up and you know but the other hand is like oh man if that's the true the other thing consider that's your, your your conspiracy theory wouldn't the double d's have access to the material so like we've been saying that like so like and and therefore wouldn't these ep- these final seasons uh look a lot more like what martin's actually writing or, or as it, if he had he had had these books done yeah like there's a product conspiracy that he can't yeah. even let the double d's like like hbo wants him to sit on or the that th- he books, he yeah. but also not share it with us so we can just bumblefuck our way telling this the story when and shooting in the dark
0: yeah this is why i throw my hands up because nothing that you hypothesize makes sense
1: yeah none of it yeah yeah, it's a mad world. All right, that's it. That's uh, Game of Thrones spoiler edition. We are going to uh, our our watch is not over. Literally. We got two more weeks of Game of Thrones, the penultimate episode which promises to be, if nothing else, tons of spectacle and then the finale. Uh it's going to be it's going to be interesting like if they save this, if it just kind of limps to the finish, if it turns out to be a debacle, like it will be a memorable experience for us all, I'm sure. And we're oh, going to yeah. be along for the ride uh all the way up or all the way down. Uh, on Sunday night, or right after Eastern uh, time zone airing, we got the instant talk for everybody. If you're a club member, club.baldmove.com. you can join us for the instant talk, and you know, just just real time talk it over with us. Uh, Tuesday, we got the full podcast, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we will see you on one of those occasions. And until then, I'm Aaron, and I'm Jim. See ya.